Welcome to the Wolverine Digest Podcast, the best spot for objective and authentic coverage of Michigan athletics. If you want open dialogue, honest opinions, and in-depth coverage of the maize and blue, this is the podcast for you. And now, here's your host, Brandon Brown, joined as always by Chris Breiler. I'm just going to start by saying go blue. Okay, Chris, I'm not quite, quite going to pop off the fight song just yet. It feels... It feels close. Feels like we're headed there. Feels like it we're feels headed there. Close. Um, some pretty big official findings today. That's part of what we're going to get into here to start. We do have our regular scheduled program kind of on the docket. I'm a little bit behind on the uh, burning questions. I feel like I can come up with those on the spot if need be. But given how long those genuinely those generally take and the fact that we've got some other stuff to, to discuss and we'll, we'll play that part by ear. We'll play the burning questions by ear. Cause we do have obviously some other stuff to do first. People are going to be asking questions. I'm even going to ask a question because Chris, this is, this is part of the problem with exactly what you pointed out multiple times with people running to the presses as fast as possible saying this saying I mean, like, I've been waiting for a doomsday announcement all day today. Thought that was I thought that was imminent, was it not? Jim Harbaugh was possibly done at Michigan as of today, according to people who are in a pretty pretty high up spot when it comes to delivering the news. And instead, <laughs> we pretty much find out that the NCAA didn't find shit on Harbaugh, and like now it looks like nothing is going to happen. But yeah, I mean, it, it, well, it, it started over the weekend. It started over the weekend and there was speculation and rumor that um, the Big Ten uh, based on, you know, obviously all the meetings took place last week. Tony Petiti, commissioner of the Big Ten, met with, um, you know, virtually met with the head coaches from around the Big Ten, met with athletic directors from around the Big Ten. And the general consensus was that they all wanted some sort of immediate punishment, regardless of whether or not the NCAA investigation was ongoing. On Friday, uh, Tony Petiti met with uh, President Santa Ono, and by all accounts, Ono basically said, uh, we're not going to go along with anything, anything in terms of uh, any sort of punishment, particularly as it relates to spending Jim Harbaugh. Um, and then that that letter that he wrote to Tony Petiti was published where he, you know, he basically said, we're, we're asking for due process and for you to give us the same respect that any other team in the Big Ten would get. Petiti, um, but then, oh, Petiti was likely saying, oh, no, when he left that meeting. Am I right? right. Am I right? Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> so over the weekend, uh, you know, rumors and speculation started to, to swirl on uh, on message boards and in various places, basically saying that the Big Ten was preparing to act this week, that it looked like the target was on Jim Harbaugh, that a suspension could be imminent, but also that uh, the University of Michigan was fully prepared to fight it. And you know what? Since there's so much speculation just flying on uh, around there, I'm gonna I'm gonna let some of that out here on the show, uh, just to kind of you know keep people up to date as to what I was hearing. So, you know, the University of Michigan was not only prepared for a legal battle in terms of of defending Jim Harbaugh and his right to due process, and you know setting a new president a precedent by you know uh, handing out some sort of punishment without a completed investigation, but also. The University of Michigan is also apparently in, in uh, possession of evidence that would implicate other programs around the country 
uh, for, you know, possibly spying on Michigan practices, having, you know, certain materials that they're not supposed to have, certain things related to, to um, NIL deals that weren't quite on the up and up. And so basically Michigan is armed for the fight with the Big Ten and is basically daring the Big Ten to act at this point. Um, and that's kind of where we're at today. Now you get this this uh, this report from Larry Lage of the Associ- Associated Press that just dropped not too long ago where a unnamed individual who worked for another Big Ten football program said, look, my job was to steal signs. And I worked with other programs. And, you know, part of my deal was to go ahead and gather intel on the University of Michigan, put it into a spreadsheet, and basically disseminate it to, you know, other programs within the conference to try to beat Michigan. This was going on last year. And so I think this idea that, what was happening was unique to Michigan. I think everybody already kind of knew that it was bullshit, but you see the report from Larry and it's like, okay, now some people are starting to come forward and it sounds like Michigan is fully prepared to expose some other folks as well. If this does indeed go to a legal battle. Yeah. I mean, at this point, whatever comes out from all that doesn't, doesn't change what Connor stallions was out there doing. People are still hanging on that. I mean, the dude's been removed from his position. He, Okay, the wording is resigned, but let's face it, he got canned. And that that's that's kind of a separate thing now because then everything then shifted, not not then shifted. It was basically all about Harbaugh from the beginning. The, the NCAA clearly had a had an axe to grind with him. All the all the opposing fan bases and the opposing coaches wanted to take it to Harbaugh. And just today, um the quote I mean, you look from, you know, wherever it's at, from all all the big outlets, the NCAA's findings do not connect the in-person scouting and recording of opponent sidelines to Jim Harbaugh. That's, that's, that's done deal. Like that's what was, that's what was found from the NCAA investigation. So now at this point, I don't look, I don't know if it has anything to do with the stuff about what Michigan supposedly has or doesn't have. I'm not sure. I don't really care. It doesn't really matter. I mean, to me, it really doesn't matter. The findings are what they are. The NCAA could not connect Harbaugh to these the allegations, and that, that's seemingly that. I mean, I, there's yeah. there's really not much else. Is that, that soundboard still on, by the way? Oh, I think it is. Yeah, there's really not much. Yeah, that, I wonder if that'll change the sound. There's really not much else that anybody was said. The the other media. The other fan bases, the other coaches. There's not much else that uh, that Jim Harbaugh was potentially on the hook for. Yeah, well, here's uh, here's where I disagree with you a little bit um, in saying that it doesn't really have you know what Michigan might have doesn't really have any impact on on what could happen in terms of a punishment. I do think it has an impact. I think if you are a first year commissioner, if you're Tony Petiti. And you're trying to figure out how you want to handle this situation. Um, And the idea is to issue a punishment for Michigan. But now you've also got apparently Michigan with evidence that implicates several, several other programs that are involved in things that the Big Ten would also have to. If the Big Ten is going to issue a punishment against Michigan for X, Y and Z, it sounds to me like what Michigan has would warrant a punishment for these other programs as well. So I think if you're Commissioner Petiti and you try to move forward with any sort of punishment, you're basically opening up a can of worms where you could see, and again, I'm speculating, but 
based on what you're going to do with Michigan, you could see Ohio State. Maybe Ryan Day isn't able to coach the rest of the year. Maybe something happens with Penn State. Maybe something happens with a number of other programs around uh, the conference. And so I, I, I do think from that standpoint, not exactly sure what Michigan has specifically, but if they've got what is rumored uh, they have, it would seem to put the commissioner in a really tight spot, especially if he's thinking about acting um, and, and handing down some sort of punishment on Jim Harbaugh this year. Yeah, I mean, it's, I think everybody's, um, and it's kind of felt like that for a little bit now. Everybody was, well, maybe, I don't know. It did seem to kind of go back and forth, but I always thought that nothing probably would happen this year. It did feel like the, the NCAA was speeding some things up. <laughs> Again, we, I think we all know why. But they don't ever operate this quickly. And now I saw somebody in the comments say, "Is this?" or maybe it was on Twitter, is this the fastest the NCAA has ever acted? It kind of feels like it. They were driving pretty quickly to try to get something done to, to punish Jim Harbaugh. And instead, what they found was uh, kind of a big fat nothing. And now, you know, that quote that I just read, that there, there was no link whatsoever between the sign stealing and illegal recording to Jim Harbaugh. And that's that's kind of that. Now, I did see some people say, that the Big Ten could still get involved, but that's that's what you were just discussing, where Tony Petiti, yeah, he's in a tough spot. I don't know. <laughs> he's been in kind of a tough spot this whole time because he the, the, the other 10 or 12, or maybe it was all 13 head coaches were pushing for him to do something, which was out, out of line, frankly. I mean, you know, that was that was exactly what President Ono's letter was all about. Listen, you can't just crumble to these demands because they're being loud and they're being obnoxious about it. Due process matters here. So he was in a tough spot with that because basically he was kind of siding with one versus 13, even though that was that was the right thing to do as outlined by President Ono. Now on the flip side, if he decides to punish Michigan in any way, shape or form, it sounds like they've got ammo ready to go back at a lot of other programs. I don't know, dude. It. I mean, what are you thinking right now if you're Tony Petiti? Like, try to remove all bias from it. And what what is his move at this point? You're probably thinking, God damn it, this is my first year. All <laughs> yeah, I wanted to do yeah. was like do normal course of business. And here I am in, you know, the biggest controversy, this this ongoing saga. What's, you know, pr the biggest story, I think, in, in sports right now, which is what's going on with Michigan and potentially mm -hmm. what's going on with the Big Ten and maybe even taking like a further view out What's going on around college football? And the reality is, how did we get to this point? I mean, you can put the blame on Jim Harbaugh. You can put it on Connor Stallions. You can put it any anywhere you want. But the reality is, everybody's responsible for this. And the ridiculousness of having three or four people stand on the sidelines wearing different color shirts, different color hats, pictures of, of uh, you know, slices of pizza and cowboys riding horses and all of this other bullshit could have been eliminated by simply adding communication into the helmets for the quarterbacks. That's how you get rid of all this. But there's been a constant um, push against making that happen, which has led to not just Michigan, but every other team around the country stealing signs. And I think we've only seen the tip of the iceberg. And look, I get it. Michigan's a major brand. There's a lot of people out there that don't like Michigan. Jim Harbaugh himself is a major brand. There are a lot of people that don't like Jim Harbaugh. So it was very easy to latch. It's like if Duke fucks up, like everybody's going to latch on and be like, burn him to the ground, you know, yeah. the, the basketball program anyway. Um, but, but that's the way it works. But the reality of the situation is 
there was a big reason why a lot of coaches wanted to speak anonymously about this and wanted to have private, uh, you know, conference calls about it and didn't really want to come out strongly in any way, shape or form. Because to be quite honest, if you're going to open this can of worms and suggest that something be done about what's going on at Michigan, who's to say there's not a private investigative firm out there that's going to start poking around your program and looking at shit you're doing. And I think what it does is it really opens up this, this is not, you know, we we've seen a lot of changes in college football over the last handful of years. You know, the, the, the playoff has been implemented. Now we're seeing these super conferences start to form and, and the change has been, you know, people are, are resistant to change. You kind of like college football the way it is. And there's a lot of big changes. You have NIL and a lot of dollars and TV dollars being poured into it. But if we're now also going to enter a world where you can just go out and hire a a private investigative firm against a team you don't like, a program you don't like, tell me there isn't a good firm that can find some shit, some dirt on anybody out and is that what college football is now going to become? And I don't want to bring politics into it, but it kind of feels that way. Like this is just what it is now. Somebody's going to be investigated. <laughs> Somebody's going to hire somebody and you're going to see a shit show year in and year out. And ultimately what it's going to do is turn people off from college athletics in general. So I don't think this has been good for college football. I don't think it's been good for college athletics. I'm really interested to see how this plays out. And at the end of the day, I'm in complete agreement with the folks out there that are saying, like, look, if 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 there's something that implicates Jim Harbaugh is guilty of this, sure, a punishment should follow. But based on what the NCAA has found so far, there's no connection there. And the idea that the Big Ten would step in this week and try to suspend him with with three remaining regular season games on the schedule, I think is absolutely ridiculous. And Michigan's well within their right to fight back on that. It's not a good move for them either. Like, that's your golden goose, oh. man. Why, why don't 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 do that, dude? Like, and what does it do for the TV deals? Yeah, you know? I mean, all everything, all of that. I mean, Petiti's got to be sitting there thinking, like, damn, man, I might be getting two teams in the playoff this year, and look at the shit that's going on instead that I got to be dealing with because of this, because of A, B, C, and D. Um, Brian, you said um, that we seem a lot more positive. Well, yeah, like I said, that statement that I read is is a massive change from what I thought was going to happen. I mean, I'll be frank. It was just, it didn't look good. It didn't look good. Counter Stallions gets fired or he resigns or whatever. And Harbaugh's not saying anything because he can't. And more and more signs are coming out. And this looks bad. This looks bad. And then, well, we didn't find anything. NCAA flat out did not find anything linking Jim Harbaugh to what Counter Stallions was doing. (laughs) And that's pretty definitive. Yeah. and, and, And the reality is, Brian, that that's all part of this journey that we've all been on together, which is, slow leaking information, mostly stuff coming out that painted Michigan in a not so good light. And I think that that's something that we can't ignore. And I think today, in a way, Michigan threw its first counterpunch, you know, then it hadn't really done anything over two weeks. And and this article by Larry Lage, basically with this anonymous, you know, previous Big Ten football employee saying, look, I was doing the same shit. And I was specifically asked to gather intel on Michigan. Like, (laughs) Okay, that really opens the door to, okay, who was asking you to do that? Maybe we should hire a firm to really do some digging there. Collusion with multiple Big Ten teams working together to try to take down Michigan. By the way, that occurred last year when Michigan went undefeated in the conference. So, you you know, that whole cheating thing, they were only successful because they were cheating. It sounds like everybody else in the Big Ten conference was also attempting to cheat and still ended up getting their ass beat by Michigan. So, again, I think... You know, 
Whoever initiated this investigation, the NCAA took it and ran with it. The Big Ten was pressured into potentially doing something, handing down some sort of punishment. And really all that ended up happening was you took what is arguably the best team in the country, the most dominant team in the country, and also made them the most pissed off team in the country. And I just think if you were Michigan and you were looking for a chip on your shoulder. They talked about it today during the press conference, playing the villain role, Jalen Harrell and Zach Zinner. It sounds like this team is fully on board with like, look, if, if that's the role we're going to play, we're fully comfortable with that. I just think this sets the stage for, there was a part of me that thought Michigan season could be derailed by all of this stuff. And now I'm starting to think that this sets the stage for what's going to be an incredible run for the rest of the season. Yeah. I'm trying to see. Again, I don't want to remove anybody because it seems to screw up my uh, thing. But And I can't see it. I haven't checked. But can anybody out there see if uh, Pete Thamel from ESPN is awake? I haven't seen him <laughs> tweet or say anything about the latest reporting uh, about um, Larry Lage's report. I mean, Pete Thamel has been on this thing, on this thing. Every little thing that happens with Michigan, sources here, sources there. Not a peep about this. It would seem pretty relevant to the overall topic. But uh, if anybody can uh, give Pete a call, do a do a wellness check on Pete. I just want to make sure he's okay. Did a little, just fired off a tweet. Shout out to Ferris Bueller. Thamel. Thamel. <laughs> Are you nothing. there, Pete? Just, he's out, Pete. dude. He's out. Yeah, MC Lang, I don't know, kind of trolling on the Facebook page. That's what I saw. First of all, dude, MC Lang. Like suck it. Like comparing this to like compare comparing this to domestic violence. First of all, you're a shitty person for doing that. What was the question? No, it was just you guys are delusional and you're like a wife beater trying to cover up. I'm like, dude, come on, miss me with that shit, dude. It's not that serious. First of all, second of all, wife beater trying to do what? Go do something. Why are you here? This is a Michigan (laughs) podcast, dude. You want? I mean, cool. Like, hang out, I guess. But what? I don't know. That's Let's, just, I don't, I don't. We've reached a point in popularity where now you're going to have, you know, haters show up that, that want to talk some shit. And that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. I'm I mean, fine. So, th- I mean, this is part, this is part of, you know, people, he's, he's doing it right there. I mean, people are still going to say Michigan cheated. You can come back at that pretty aggressively now, at least. I mean, you know, Harbaugh didn't do anything. That's what the NCAA. Look, if you got a problem with that, talk to the NCAA. Don't talk to us. Don't talk to Michigan. Don't talk to Harbaugh. Talk to the NCAA. They spent all this time. They were coming at Harbaugh. They wanted nothing more than to nail him up, dude. Nothing more than to nail him up, and they couldn't do it. That's pretty substantial, in my opinion. And that's different than what I thought was going to happen, to be honest. And I, I don't have a problem saying that. I, it looked bad. I thought it was going to be pretty bad. And the NCAA couldn't couldn't do what they were trying to do. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's a big development. It's obviously not completely, completely done. Um, but you got the sense, and I th- this was before that announcement was made. I'm wondering if Jim Harbaugh knew about this from the beginning of the day today. Because, Chris, he was... He was kind of in rare form at the press conference today. You know, like this stuff is going on. People are still talking about a potential suspension. I mean, at least at that, you know, the press conference was at noon today. We didn't know exactly what was going to happen. Again, a lot of people were speculating that he was going to be suspended indefinitely as of today. And what's Jim Harbaugh doing? He's up there talking about meeting with the nature boy. He's wooing at the microphone about about Rick Flair being in the building. 
Can I say something about that Ric Flair uh, thing? So I, I got to the press conference. I was there about 30 minutes early. There wasn't a ton of people there. Um, Brandon, you know this. There's like, you know, various places to sit. They've got some chairs, right. some lounge chairs or whatever to sort of chill. And I was sitting on a bench that was kind of near where the uh, the entrance and exit doors are. And um, I heard the door open where uh, the coach and players usually come out. And I heard this like clip clopping and it sounded like a, it sounded like a woman wearing heels. And I'm like, Oh, it's just not a sound that, you know, most of us are wearing sneakers in there. It's not a sound you often hear, but it was, it was making a considerable noise. So I was, ex I was fully expecting like a, a female reporter to come walking around the corner and sure as shit, <laughs> slicked back, tan as shit, you know, loud jacket. There he is in the flesh, Ric Flair. And I was just, I was so awestruck that I, I couldn't even like, I told you I didn't really want to fanboy out. I'm not a big wrestling guy anyway, but it's Ric Flair for God's sakes. Right. You know, right. every every fiber of my being wanted to go try to get a selfie and talk to him a little bit before he hopped into his uh his black SUV. But I let the dude just kind of go and and do his thing. But what what an incredible just random thing to happen in Schembechler Hall this afternoon. I thought it was so funny. Shout out to Jalen Harrell for fielding it like he did. But somebody asked, you know, like, what what did you think about the Ric Flair? And as soon as the question was out of his mouth, Jalen Harrell just went, woo! Like, just kind of subdued, you know like, hilarious. Here's the thing. I heard a woo on the way out, and I think it was <laughs> Ric Flair. But I think he did it, like, in, in, like, a whispery. I think he, like, opened the door and just went, woo! And that That's was hilarious. it. Hilarious. So, yeah, Jim Harbaugh. Talking about Ric Flair being in the building, I saw someone else mention this, telling Jim McMahon stories, going on and on about J.J. McCarthy. Um, I mean, dude, he spent eight minutes just talking about how much they whooped Purdue's ass. Basically, you, you could tell he was yeah. making a point, like, here's the deal, guys. It's now been two weeks where you've been accusing us of this shit. And we beat Michigan State 49 to nothing in their house when they changed up everything. And we just handled Purdue 41. He actually said 41 to 6. I don't know if he did that on purpose. He did it at the post-game press conference. I don't think he did it this time. But he was yeah. clearly not too concerned about that garbage time touchdown that ended up in them not covering the spread. But my point is, he was he was doing that for he has never, I don't think he's ever brought out the box scores and gone over every stat on the page. I don't think he's ever done that. It sure did take up a considerable amount yes. of time in the press conference. I mean, I think there was a method a little bit to the madness. He went no over literally nearly every person on the roster and what their and what their contribution was on Saturday. And I think the question I can't even remember what the question was. The question was what was the, the question, question was from Andrew Kahn. He asked, you know, you yeah. guys have won every game by 20, whatever the 24 points or more, yeah. whatever the mark is. He said, do you, do you feel like you've been tested to this point? That was his question. And then Harbaugh yeah. just launched into how much they've been whooping ass. And I talked yeah. to Andrew afterwards. He's like, so you haven't been tested? Is that what you're like? He didn't even answer yeah. his question. He just went into the numbers and the dominance and everything else. So anyway, yeah, it was, uh, it was very apparent. I mean, you could look around the room, Chris, you kind of had a little smirk at some times. I know I was smirking. Other people in the room were like, dude, he is just unloading how dominant they've been right now against went, Purdue, uh, against Michigan State. It went on for a while. I mean, yeah. every player was mentioned. Every contribution that was made was <laughs> mentioned. And again, it was like it took it took 15, at least 15 minutes to get through the uh, the answer there. And that pretty much ate up half the press conference. So, yeah. So anyway, um, 
Yeah, so I mean, continue to. Uh, I mean, the, do you want to remove that MC Lang guy? He's on the Facebook. Yeah, he's I'm, like the I'm whole page is talking about him right now. He's pissing me off. I'm working on it. Let me let me find uh, let me find this Joker here. Um, but yeah, we do plan on doing a, a semi regular Monday show. So we'll go back. We'll talk about the game a little bit against Purdue. We'll take a little bit of a look ahead at Penn State. Talk about some of the things in between. And if if you guys have some. Um, questions and stuff that continue to be about this topic. I mean, it's not going to go away. It's not like it's done. It's not packaged up and, you know, stuffed under the Christmas tree just yet. But a big, big step in a good direction today with the NCAA finding nada when it comes to Jim Harbaugh's knowledge of it all. And, you know, look, I mentioned this. This will be the last thing I say about it. Chris, we talked about it before. Jim Harbaugh has doubled, tripled, quadrupled down on his statement that he made. And he said it again today. He said, look, from the time I've been 22 years old, I've tried my absolute best to do every single thing the right way on and off the field when it comes to competition in football. Yeah. He doesn't have to say shit like that unless he really believes it and really thinks that he's doing things on the up and up. And I have so, said that. I've said that pretty early on that like with the statement he put out, I can't imagine like why do that if you know for sure you're lying. Yeah. Like you're this is a guy who played college football at a high level, was a first-round draft pick, played in the NFL, coached in the NFL. Like, this is a guy who has a long pedigree of success. Why on earth would you try to tarnish that by blatantly lying if you knew you were going to get caught? It just didn't add up to me. And um, the fact that he doubled down on it again, I thought was, uh, you know, just further confirmation of, of what I already believe about him. Actually, this is a really good point, too. We'll kind of put a bow on it right here. Jason, thank you for bringing this up. Yeah, there's something in the bylaws or the the governing power of what Tony Petiti can do. The maximum suspension he can give Jim Harbaugh is two games, and, and then Michigan has the chance to file an injunction and re- appeal it and fight it, which means nothing's going to happen this year, like literally nothing. And that's I think that's kind of uh, where we're at right now. Like, this isn't going to go away. It might spill into next year. Obviously, there's another stupid investigation going on that Harbaugh's probably going to have to pay for next year, too. That'll be a discussion for another day, because I think that does... I mean, Chris, you and I have talked about this, and other people have as well. I think that does play a part in what Jim Harbaugh might do moving forward. I mean, if he ends up getting suspended for half of the year or more next year, like, you know, I don't know. I don't know what that might do to him. But he also talked about how long he wants to coach today. Chris, I know you said you might do a story on that. Yeah. Um, he's nowhere near version, being done. Yeah. Nowhere, nowhere near being done. The, the, the short version of what he said, you know, somebody had asked him basically how long, you know, how much fun are you having coaching right now? How long do you intend on coaching? And he, you know, he does what he does where he has this saying or something he heard before. And the what short of it was, yeah, you, you coach, you coach until you absolutely hate it. <laughs> can't stand it. You don't want to spend another minute doing it. And then you coach two more years after that. And he's not <laughs> at that point yet. So yeah. it doesn't sound like he's in a hurry to, uh, to be done coaching anytime soon. Another thing I want to talk about really quickly before we, uh, before there, there's a couple things I want to point out um, really quickly. I know that as we were, you know, discussing um, the, uh, the anonymous, nameless, almost faceless uh, individual on the central Michigan sideline, it was reported today uh, that the NCAA is joining Central Michigan in the investigation to find oh. out who that individual <laughs> was on the sideline. So for all of you out there who are sending in screenshots of various people on the Central Michigan <laughs> staff, I think we can put that uh, that belief to bed. That gentleman was not on staff. He was not part of Central Michigan mm-hmm. staff. 
probably didn't belong on the sideline. And there's a reason why the NCAA is getting um, involved in that investigation. Uh, so I wanted to throw that out there. That was a little tidbit that I saw today. The other thing I wanted to throw out, and this was kind of a um, something that I don't know got as much attention as I necessarily thought it would in his post-game press conference, Harbaugh's post-game press conference after the win over Purdue. Um, but somebody had asked him specifically about the support he's received from uh, President Ono. And I thought his response was very telling for a couple reasons. One, Santa Ono has been um, one of the most, if not, I wouldn't say one, the most vocal figure in terms of supporting the Michigan football program, supporting Jim Harbaugh through all of this bullshit. Um, a person who has been completely silent, unless he's made a statement that I was unaware of, has been Athletic Director Ward Manuel. And we we talked about this a little bit, Brandon, um, afterwards, and we've kind of discussed it a couple of times. I don't remember any other situations like this with any other college program, whether it be football, basketball, whatever the case is, where the athletic director has remained silent and it's been the university president that has been the most vocal about supporting whatever program is going through, um, you know, that particular issue at a given time. And Jim Harbaugh was asked about that in the post game press conference. How much did the support from Santa Ono mean to him? And he said, uh, emphatically it's what it, it, it's deeply, deeply, deeply appreciated. appreciated. And then and stared. That, I mean, it was so he said that with, Keep in mind, Ward Manuel is standing in the room at this point in time. Ward Manuel walks into the room and a whole host of media folks walk up to him to try to get some answers. And Ward Manuel's response was, I'm not saying anything, no comment. He wasn't talking to anybody. And so to me, I don't know, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but it felt like the way Harbaugh responded that, and I can put the video up so people can see what we all, uh, what we all saw and heard it really felt like he was sort of sending a message that I appreciate the support I'm getting from the president. I wish I would get it from other folks in power at the university of Michigan. That's what it felt like. And the fact that Ward was standing in the room at the time, uh, just made it to me even more, uh, more likely that there was more behind it than just appreciation for, for president. Ono. it was, it was a whole collection of how Harbaugh fielded the question how he shifted his body, how he smiled, how he said it. It just, I mean, dude, if anybody pounded knows, his chest, you know, it was, his chest, yeah, it felt like a message was being delivered. And like you said, Ward Manuel's 15 feet away standing. I mean, Jim's looking off this way and where, and Ward's right. I mean, in his periphery, he's right there. And yeah. that was a pretty, it seemed like it. I mean, maybe, maybe we're reading too much into it, but I, I don't think so. It felt, it felt deliberate. Isn't it weird? I mean, listen, if you're the athletic director, I know you're not obligated to make any sort of comment publicly. Well, but at what point in time do you publicly do what the president has done multiple times now, which is advocate for your program, advocate for your head coach? Yeah. And 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 make sure, you know, you can do things behind the scenes and that's that's where the most value is anyway. But when your program and your head coach are routinely taking hits in the public eye, it seems like if you're the AD, that's part of your job too, is to get out in it, front of it, to to voice your support, um, and that just that hasn't happened. And I and there's a lot of instances where that's been the case with Ward Manuel, and that's just a little yeah. bit confusing to me. I mean, 
if if anything, I, I'm not defending Jesus him. Jesus Christ, I think- we're not behind on the Ryan Day news. It's just, yes, also part of the NCAA's report was that they didn't find any evidence that Ryan Day and his brother's investigative firm was behind what initiated um, the investigation. I don't give a shit about it at that point. That's not what we're talking about. So I've seen you mention it like five different times in the comment section. Either add something else or get the hell out. I also never really thought that that was that big of a deal. We said that from the beginning. Like no. it, doesn't, it doesn't matter where it came from. Michigan's still doing these things or they're not. It doesn't matter who started it or who didn't. I remember we referenced like when you're – I would reference when I had to discipline a middle schooler, and I'd be like, I want you – you know, I'm talking to you. I'm focused on you. I don't care about what that other person did. So, anyway, that wasn't – yeah, that wasn't an accident. Um, quick question from the Michigan man. Thanks for the star. Uh, did it make us a little nervous when Michigan started to slow up against Purdue in the second quarter? No. I mean, look, JJ said it himself. He was off on a few throws. He didn't throw a touchdown in the game. Michigan still won by 30. I, it, you know, I turned to Trent. I know Michigan didn't cover, you know, sound the alarms first time against a big 10 opponent. They didn't cover, which they would have had it not been yeah. for the timeout and garbage touchdown with no time left on the clock. Whatever. That's it's talk that's not a big deal. Um it, it's it just happens this way in football sometimes, man. Michigan was a 32 and a half point favorite. That's a monster number. They played really well. And I turned to Trent when we were getting ready to leave, and I'm like, man, you know what this game looks like? Every other damn game Michigan has played for like the last two seasons. Not super exciting. JJ didn't even throw a touchdown, and you look up, oh, they won by 30. Like, that's been so many games. Yeah, the total points has changed a little bit from game to game. Yeah, they beat Michigan State by 49. They beat another team by 28. They beat this team by 35. You know, like, every team has every game has been different. Shocker, it's football. But they've all been pretty close to the same script. Lean on them, lean on them, lean on them. Couple short touchdowns by Blake Corum. Running game, eh, we'll see. Passing game, JJ's been on point. He was off a little bit on Saturday. Oh, they win by 30. When really it was like 35 because they scored that touchdown at the very end of the game. So long-winded answer there, Michigan man. No, I was never concerned one bit. It just felt like, oh, this looks like a lot of the other games that they play. I did. I will say this. We're going to get into that right now. I thought Michigan would win by more. But, you know, dude, it's hard to win games by 50 points in college. Like, that's pretty ridiculous yeah. to expect that. But that's kind of where we are with this team. Well, Instead, whole home, they only win by 30. They also didn't have Connor Stallions on the sideline. I'm sure that that played a part. Uh, what Seriously, though, what I want to say about it is, A, they were coming off the bye week, and it seemed like there was a little bit of rust there. I mean, J.J., even though he had, you know, over 300 yards, um, a couple of times he was inaccurate, talked about that a little bit. But it, the same thing that I felt about J.J. McCarthy is the same thing I feel about this team overall is that even when they don't look all that great, they look really damn good. Yeah. Like even when they're not at their best, they're still beating the shit out of everybody they play. Now everybody's going to say, you know, well, the best team you faced is Rutgers, and you haven't played a, ra- a ranked opponent yet, and yada, yada, yada. Well, again, if you're mad at Michigan about that, your anger is misplaced. Be angry at the other Big Ten teams on the schedule Dude. that aren't worth shit. Like, that is the issue. It's not Michigan's problem that Michigan State sucks. It's not Michigan's problem that Indiana is trash. It's not Michigan's problem that Rutgers, although they're a decent team this year, they're not ranked. That's not Michigan's fault. Hey, Nebraska. Hey, Matt. Hey, Matt Rule. Right. Co- coach your team, dog. He's like, yeah, well, one team, they scouted us, though. <laughs> Did you get blown out by 50 on your home field? <laughs> like, what are we doing? 
What are we doing? Suck it, Matt Rule. I used to like I mean, him until he get, said that shit. Get better. Just get. It's not Michigan's issue. But anyway, besides that, like I was saying uh, to the question, no, I wasn't concerned at any point. You'd like to see Michigan do better, and I thought, like I said, I given everything that happened, I thought it was going to be, you know, sixty-three nothing. I think was my prediction. It didn't quite turn out that way. But at the end of the day, even when they don't look their best, they still look considerably better than everybody they faced so far. And I think we're probably going to see a continuation of that in happy Valley against Penn state. The interesting thing is, and I didn't know this about Penn state. I knew it about Michigan. Michigan's outscored their opponents, 114, nothing in the third quarter have not given up a single third quarter point yet. Neither has Penn state. I would imagine at some point during the game on Saturday, somebody's going to break that streak. And, and, uh, my uh, my hunch is that it's going to be the Wolverines putting one in the end zone in the third quarter. Yeah, so we'll see how that takes how that ends up developing. And look, for the people that hate Michigan that want to talk about the schedule and say Saturday, it'll be settled on Saturday. And if Michigan loses will that it, game, will it though? Because it's like, well, yeah, it will. It will. You know, Penn State. It, I guess Penn State isn't that good. They struggled against Indiana. Nah, they've know, got they one loss. To Ohio State, and they just they just beat Maryland by forty. It, so, can we agree that that's the cutoff point now to not talk about the the schedule? Yes. If they go in, if they go yes. in and look nearly as dominant against Penn State as they have for the rest of the teams all year, can we can we end that talking point at that point? Can we do that? I, I mean, I'm I'm exactly with you. It's funny that you brought that up. I was literally walking around having a dialogue with myself, just talking to myself because I heard Joey Galloway bitching about Michigan. He's like, I'm so sick of watching them play nobody. I'm like, dude, the teams blow. What do you want from Michigan? I don't be get angry it. at Matt Rule. Be angry at Purdue. Be angry at Michigan State. Like, be angry at the teams that suck. I mean, this is the conference Michigan plays in, I, and they also have to play Ohio State and Penn State. And so that's not I a under, Michigan issue. That's a Big Ten issue. I I understand. Non-conference schedule, pretty weak. I get it, bro. That was Whatever. a month and a half ago, dude. They've won six six games since then in the Big Ten. Be mad at the Big Ten teams for sucking. That's not Michigan's fault. Uh, it, it just, I, like, the way he was talking, I'm like, dude, give me a break, man. Just, uh, Michigan just needs to keep winning, keep winning, keep winning. That's the message in the, in the building. That's what they're all saying. That's what they're all talking about. And look, if Penn State beats them on Saturday, so be it. You're gonna have to, you're gonna have to eat some humble pie, and you're gonna have to talk about it. But I, I don't think that's going to happen. I have not been impressed with Penn State. That's the first time they've looked like a dominant team all year, and it's yeah. Maryland. Like that happens to Maryland, season after season after season. Correct. So, I. You also look at an Indiana team that's got I don't know two or three wins on the season that took Penn State to the wire in Happy Valley. Yeah. So, all right, we'll take a look. At that. All right, let's let's get through this a little bit quickly. I guess talk about the game a little bit. Look look forward a little bit. Um. The final score was 41 to 13. Again, a garbage touchdown at the end. Michigan does not cover for the first time in the Big Ten schedule. Of course, a lot of people are making a big deal out of that. Um, Chris, yeah, you had look, all three of us had just an absolute beatdown on on deck. And yeah, maybe there maybe there was a little bit of rust. Uh, you said 63 to nothing. I said 59 to nothing. Trent said 51 to six. So I guess technically he was the closest, but we all thought. 
you know, a massive win, much bigger than maybe anything they've had so far. Still, that mark belongs to uh, the Spartans. They lost 49 to nothing at home. That's Michigan's <laughs> largest margin of victory this year. Um, my predictions, Chris, and I was way off. I've got three definite wrong, one correct, and one that we will discuss as we look ahead into the next week. Number one. I thought that Michigan would rush for 250 yards. They didn't really get very close. The running game continues to baffle a little bit. Jim Harbaugh addressed it some today. You know, he said, like, look, if teams want to drop nine, it's going to be hard for J.J. McCarthy to complete passes. On the flip side, if they want to put nine in the box, it's pretty hard to run. And that's why J.J. threw for 335. Yeah, he didn't have a touchdown, but he's been doing much more this year because of what teams are doing on defense. Blake Corum still scored three touchdowns. When they need to get it in there, they get it in there. They pick up first downs. Correct. JJ so, through the air, 330-something. Blake Corum, three rushing touchdowns on the ground. Granted, it yeah. all came you know, within the red zone. But at the end of the day, I think what Jim Harbaugh said today was accurate. Is like, if you're a defense trying to stop us, pick your poison. How, how do you yeah. want to defend it? Do you want to drop and, and try to, to stop the, the pass? Then good. We're going to rush it with Blake Corum, Donovan Edwards. You want to load the box and try to stop the run? Cool. We got JJ McCarthy and he'll slice you up. And so far, what we've seen this this year is exactly that. It's played out that way. And he also mentioned he's very aware of the criticism they took yeah. last year. You, you got to pass the ball more. You got to throw the ball more. Well, Michigan's doing that this year. Now the running <laughs> game's taking a little bit of a hit and people are like, well, what's going on with the running game? It's just an indication that uh, it's hard to please the fan base. Third level of that. Oh, you want to do a bunch of exotics and blitz a bunch of guys? Well, J.J. will extend the play and find Roman Wilson or Colston Loveland running free. He's done it all year. I mean, it really is like... Or he'll break off a 25-yard run. Or he runs it himself. Yeah. There's not a lot you can throw at this Michigan team. And that's why... Yeah, when you get slightly bigger, slightly faster, longer dudes out there, it's going to make a little bit of a difference. But teams have tried all of these different things against Michigan and it has not phased them. That's why I say, I know they haven't played anybody as good as them. They haven't played anybody as close to as good as them. When you talk about recruiting rankings and what guys are going to go play at the next level, but it's still football. You still have to solve problems. You still have to make plays on the fly. You still have to adjust. And Michigan's done that almost perfectly all year. I I don't know. I, I just get really sick of the, the schedule thing. Uh, we're yeah. we're 10 weeks into the season folks like enough well the good okay. news is this is for sure the last year we're going to be doing that um number two i got this one right i love it there maybe there is something about him playing against purdue but will johnson got another pick and should have had two rod Moore jumped mm-hmm. in front of him and tipped one away from him that he said would have probably been the most the easiest pick he's ever had don't need to spend a lot of time on this but the kid's a stud he was the number one graded defensive player in the game per pro football focus. Jim Harbaugh went on and on about how good he is, and now that he's playing healthy, he's dude, he's a stud, flat out. I mean, he's he's playing really well. Josh Wallace is playing really well. Yeah. Mike Sainer still Rod Moore is starting to come into his own. Yep. You know, uh, Jim Harbaugh gushed about Junior Colson and just what a tremendous football player he is. Veteran Mike Barrett at the linebacker position and what they're doing up front. Again, like we've talked about the offense and how how well they are over there. Um, defensively, if, if you're Penn state, you, you have, I know that they played Ohio state. You haven't seen a defense quite like this. Um, it just feels like everything is in Michigan's favor this weekend. Yep. Yep. No doubt. And yes, Sean Jones, let's 
Mike Barrett is playing amazing. He's having an outstanding year, very under the radar guy, very quiet in the way he goes about his business. But that guy is critical to Michigan's success defensively, no doubt about it. Uh, my third prediction, I thought he had kind of found a hot streak. I thought him and J.J. had kind of linked up. Maybe the bye derailed that a little bit. I thought Colston Loveland would score again. He did not. J.J. didn't throw a touchdown pass in the game. Uh, he had four catches for 55 yards. Solid day for the tight end, but no score. I don't know. Tight end. You know, J.J. certainly likes to throw to him. He throws to him and Barner a lot. Uh, Roman Wilson obviously has a, a bunch of touchdowns on the season, but nothing for number 18 in this one. But, I, you know, I don't know. I to say you'd be at all worried about him would be a, a complete knee jerk reaction. Dude's a, dude's a monster. Not at all. No, I think, I think early for a good part of the season it was just like, when is Michigan going to start yeah. to go to the well? Um, it seems like that's picked up a little bit here in the latter part of the season. So yeah, absolutely zero concerns about him. And, and how great is it that both him and AJ Barner are completely healthy going into mm. the, the toughest stretch of the season. That wasn't a luxury they had last year with Luke Schoonmaker, and that was something they talked about. And so in terms of being able to achieve that and, and have everybody healthy at this point of the season, um, you know, Blake Corn was dinged up. Donovan Edwards was dealing with shit. Like all these guys were dealing with something. That's not the case this year. My fourth prediction, and this is going back to uh, our score predictions, I thought this would be Michigan's largest victory, margin of victory. Chris, obviously, you did too. You had him winning 63 to nothing. I had him winning 59 to nothing. Yeah. Uh, Trent had him winning by 45, which would have fallen short of their, their victory over Michigan State. But again, you know, I don't know. Bye week rust. Again, the garbage touchdown, you know, took it down from 35 to 28. I don't know. Not very concerned, but I I did think all the motivation, all the fuel, having a week off. You know, sometimes buys can can do that to you. You've heard teams say that. You know, going back as far as football has been played, like we wish we didn't have a buy right now because we're playing awesome. And then you take a bye week and you, you you skid just a little bit. Maybe that's what this was. Maybe they're looking ahead a little bit to Penn State. Who knows? But. They won by 28. It's still an easy cruise control victory, but not as much as I thought it would be. Yeah, again, coming off a of bye week, look a little rusty. You know, a couple passes here and there that that uh, if JJ could have back might have might have changed the score at the end of the day. You give up the garbage touchdown at the end, and I think that's how you get to where you were. Um, at, it's a common theme throughout this game. There's never been a point in time where I ever thought Michigan was in danger of losing. No. Like just, it hasn't happened. That's part of the reason why I'm excited about the game this weekend is I think that not that I think they're going to lose, but there's a possibility of this being a battle, it's a you battle, know, and, yeah. and, and just, and uh, you know, sometimes that can make you uncomfortable. It makes you a little uneasy at times if it's back and forth, but shit, man, like that's, that's what makes you feel alive. And that's what college football is all about. And after Michigan, you know, I'd be lying if I said after Michigan gets done dominating a team and then I come home and I watch some clash in the SEC fourth, <laughs> and, and it's points back and it's just an incredible game. Like I love watching that shit when I'm not emotionally invested, I'm ready for Michigan to go into a battle, be tested and come out on top. And I think, you know, if, if Penn state does put up that kind of fight and, and Michigan comes out on top, that again is something that really sets the tone for the rest of the year. You go into Maryland, you take care of business there, you get win number 1000, you make college football history, and then you come back home to the big house final game of the regular season. And you, you do what you need to do against Ohio state and you make it yeah. clear. Yeah. I mean, to your point, two years ago when we were up there at happy Valley, the, the late touchdown, long run, catch and run by Eric all 
I mean, we have a we have a, a great mutual friend who is a diehard Penn State fan. That's why we decided yeah. to, to to bring along some of the fellas. And it, it, I mean, yeah, watching a game like that is is a lot of fun. You you obviously hope your team comes out on top. Uh, but yeah, I'm with you, dude. I mean, when we get to midway midway part of the third quarter and JJ is taking a nap on the bench, you're kind of like, all right, well. <laughs> I guess I still got some work to do, but what the hell is this? Like, yeah. you, you know, it's, it gets, especially pretty, when uh, it's a night game, it makes for a yeah. real long, night cause you're not yeah. going to get out of there until like 1231 o'clock and the game's already in the bag by like 1030. And it's like, God damn. Yeah. Yeah. That's how it feels. All right. And then Imagine last but that. not that's, least, that's the, worst, that's the worst part of the job is hanging out in the big house, <laughs> the watching an ass whooping. Like oh, everybody boy. that goes to work and you have a nine to five and you think about like, what is the worst aspect of your job? The worst yeah. part of my job is having to, Remain yes, at the big house while the, games, while the game's already, <laughs> you know, been decided and you're just kind of like sitting there and trying to get as much content as you can. And yeah. What a, what a great place to be. Not a bad place to be. Uh, Ryan Cook, thank you for the donation there. Is this the Larry Lage one, Chris, that he's referring to, the latest AP story? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we we spent a considerable amount of time talking about that, Ryan, um, in the early part of the show. But uh, just to kind of summarize, I, you know, I, I think it lends credibility to the fact that Michigan has some evidence that there's some things going on around the Big Ten um, that other programs are involved of of similar, if not worse, things than what Michigan is being accused of. And if the Big Ten chooses to act. Um, and, and hand down any sort of punishment that Michigan's prepared for a legal fight. And part of that legal fight, I think will include the reported evidence that they have on their side. That would, that would really put some other programs in a tough spot and put commissioner Tony Petiti in a bad spot. So thought it was a good article by, uh, by Larry glad he put it out and it was refreshing to see something in the news that was in Michigan's favor for once, because it has been a steady constant drip of negative news by ESPN and folks like Pete Thamel and Yahoo News and Ross Dillinger about, you it, know, all the things that are stacked against Michigan. It was nice to finally see something that, uh, you know, was positive coming out of Ann Arbor. And I'll say Larry's pretty, he's pretty straight down the middle. I mean, he, he'll ask Harbaugh some pretty tough questions at press conferences and he'll bring it to you like he, you know, objectively, I would say for the most part. And uh, so, yeah, that, that is, you know, to mention that it's in Michigan's favor and that it comes from him, I think is, is noteworthy. Last but not yep. least, I guess I technically got the prediction right, but in being eventless, it was almost eventful. I said that Jim Harbaugh's handshake with Ryan Walters will be eventless. And what I meant by that was that there wasn't going to be any chest to chest, you know, John in each other's face. And there certainly wasn't that Chris. In fact, it was quite the opposite. They were in contact and next to each other for all of about a millisecond. I mean, I don't think they made eye contact. I'm not sure how official or how much hand contact was made in the actual handshake. I just thought it was a decent discussion point at the end here. Thoughts on the hand. Cause he was even, I mean, it was enough that Jim Harbaugh was asked about it in the post game press conference. I mean, like that's not normal. But the fact yeah. that Ryan Walters was kind of running his mouth throughout the week, then they get beat pretty bad, and then he does that during the handshake. I mean, that's that's it's kind of what you would expect, you know, from from that kind of guy. It seems like I don't know the guy, but if you're going to talk like that, act like that, then you get beat up, and then you can't even look the guy in the face. Like we all know somebody like that. Yeah, yeah, very, uh, very expe expected response there at the end. Uh, uh, 
brief handshake, no eye contact, run to the locker room and get the hell out of there after getting your ass whooped. But take some time to go on stage and, and basically reiterate what you said before, which is it was hard for my guys. They had to they had to huddle. I mean, you're talking about D1 football players here. They, they have to huddle like that's what's hurting your team. Like, I don't know, the, the, the excuses and, the, you know, the other Big Ten coaches coming together and demanding action. It all just reeks of a collection of people who know what's coming. They know what's coming with Michigan. They know they're not going to be able to stop it. There's nothing they can do about it. And their best hope is that the Big Ten intervenes. And I don't think that's going to happen. And so James Franklin, you're on the clock. You're going to have to deal with Michigan. Maryland, you're going to have to deal with Jim Harbaugh in Michigan. And Ryan Day in Ohio State, you're going to have to come to Ann Arbor and deal with Jim Harbaugh in Michigan. And good luck. Best of luck. Yeah, Bryce, I I did think, look, here's the deal. <laughs> Fox Sports and ESPN has become like Fox News and like there's there's a very clear divide because of the money. Um you know, Paul Feinbaum came out and defended Jim Harbaugh for all of 24 hours maybe and it was almost like he got a memo like, "Hey, did Jim, we don't like those guys anymore." Like, hey, come on. Yeah, we don't like them anymore, dude. They're not making us any money. He's like, "Oh yeah." And he goes out the next day and says what he says. And on the flip side, Fox is in bed with with uh, the Big Ten. So there's there's obviously a – I put that he was being objective. Clearly, he's not being completely objective because we all know that the money talks. But I, I thought some of what he said made a, lot of, made a lot of sense. He's talking about, you know, what everybody wanted to say, but Michigan people couldn't really say it. Well, he's not a Michigan guy. And he said, look – there's a speed limit out there. It's 65. Everybody's going 75. Harbaugh just might be going 90 in a Ferrari. I'm like, well, all right, that's not a bad way to illustrate it. Maybe they were doing a little too much with the sign stealing and all that. Everybody's doing it to a degree. We know that, but it looks like Michigan maybe went past the line a little bit, to, you know, stepping over the boundaries of hair. And then well, he said the reason, uh, well, did, but did Jim Michigan wasn't. Or? Harbaugh wasn't. Okay. Stallions was. That's pretty clear at this point. Jim Harbaugh was not. Michigan you know, the, the coordinators, the other assistants, the other staff, or, you know, that probably remains to be seen completely. But, and then he said, and then he said it was fear. You know, Ryan Day in Ohio State has gotten trounced by them two years in a row in their house at Michigan. Doesn't seem to matter the venue. And everybody else is, is just, you know, laying on the train tracks as they come rolling through. And so this is, this is a ploy. And then, you know, the NCAA also had an axe to grind with Harbaugh because he's, I mean, he's in tier one in when it comes pockets. to this. He's trying to take their money. That's exactly pockets. right. That's really he's what a, it is. Yeah. He's a tier one coach speaking against them in a way that no other coach has and probably wouldn't, if I'm being honest. That's like, the other know. thing. Has, has any other coach in the Big Ten come out or prominent head coach in general and advocated for revenue sharing among with these TV deals? Not, not that I've seen. Not that I've seen. I mean... Who would you put in that tier with Jim Harbaugh in terms of voice and stature and power? There's like five guys, maybe. Nick Saban, Saban Kirby, Kirby Smart is in there. I mean, Kirby Smart was at one yeah, point. Dabble's fading at this point. He's he's Ryan now arguing Ray's with not there. I mean, Dabble's, dude, I, Dabble's now arguing with slap dicks on the radio show. Did you see? Did you see his rant? I did, I did see that, which was phenomenal. Yeah. It's, it's Jim Harbaugh. Uh, Nick Saban and Kirby, Kirby Smart. Smart. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't put Lincoln Riley in that category just yet. Oh, although no, he's, sorry. he's no. 
I'm just trying to think of the other guys who have been consistently in the uh, in the college football playoff. Yeah, Dabo was there, but he's not there anymore. Jimbo Fisher has not had enough success. Um, James Franklin has not had enough success. I mean, guys who are being paid like that. But, yeah, there's like three right now that if, if the NCAA said there are three coaches we don't want coming at us, Jim Harbaugh is one of them. That, that's there's the no point doubt. I'm trying to make. And so when you do that, it, Mac Brown, Eh, not anymore in his heyday. I would have put him in that group, but not, not anymore. Um, yeah. So anyway, I, I, I just think that, uh, they didn't like that. It's pretty clear. They didn't like that. And they started, they, they started a little bit of a, of a witch hunt. I mean, I don't like that you know, term because Rudy, maybe, maybe Deion Sanders, just because he has yeah, such the a way he can, yeah. on, but, but, I don't know that if Deion Sanders was clamoring for it, if the NCAA would be as nervous as they would be about a Nick Saban or a Kirby Smart or a Jim Harbaugh, three guys that are running top-tier programs that are competing was, at the highest level. I was going to say maybe Brian Kelly. He's He's been to the playoff a couple of times. You know, came Not from Notre Dame, now at LSU. Once he faked the <laughs> accent, I took him out. And Ryan Day would be in the discussion. I mean, I, you hate to admit it, but Ohio State has been a regular in the playoff, and they're as big of a brand as anybody. But Michigan's got their Urban number. Meyer would be in the discussion. Over, yes. Yes, he would. Yes, he would. So, Anyway, I, I just find it interesting that it's gone this way, and uh, you know we're all kind of on the line waiting to see what the next report is, what the next, uh, the next, the next breaking news is going to be. Um, yeah, Patrick, is this something new? The University of Michigan has received a notice of intent to issue disciplinary action from the Big Ten. Uh, uh, I don't know. Haven't seen anything. Yeah, I haven't I seen I... that. I mean, if you know. If it's out there, uh, uh, Pete Thamel is on it, so you can you can check there. <laughs> I'm not sure. See, that's that's the problem is that like, you know, you, you see these things come in. Like even when we hopped on the show, I think the last time it was the report, and these were from legitimate news outlets. Um, we're reporting that Connor Stallions was fired, and then not more than you know 30, 40 minutes after that, it was retracted, and and it was uh, reported that he resigned, and so. You know, there's, and and I don't know that you guys necessarily give a shit about this, but it kind of gives you an insight into the world that we're working with. Like, definitely want to bring uh, the news to you as quickly as possible. And there's an element to our job where there's value in that is 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 making sure we get things out as quickly as possible. One of the pitfalls you can fall into is that the information you're working with isn't entirely accurate. So something like that that was brought up um, where the Big Ten may or may not be doing something, uh, Patrick, now you're saying it's an M Live report. Like, you know, we'll take a look at it and we'll digest it. And if if there's something um, if there's something legitimate in there, if it comes from M Live, like that, you know, I would typically trust it. But at the end of the day, I think what I said still t stands that every indication was that the big 10 was going to attempt to do something this week, that the target was on Jim Harbaugh and a possible suspension and that the university of Michigan stance was, if, if that is the case, we are going to fight it and we're going to take it, uh, you know, we're going to make it into a legal battle. Um, so I don't think anything changes there regardless of what's in that M live report. It appears that even John Harbaugh is kind of taking an opportunity to defend his bro, which is, you know, you'd expect that he called the NCAA, their own judge, jury, and executioner kind of making it seem like, yeah, they do whatever the hell they want, and that's not right, and that's yeah. that's one of... But again, the findings, no connection for Jim Harbaugh and Connor Stallions, which 
it's about as good as you could expect based on how things went over the past two weeks. Um, somewhat noteworthy, Chris. This actually happened like right when we went live. Um, five-star quarterback Bryce Underwood from right here in, in Michigan's backyard, Belleville, just dropped his top seven consisting mm. of Alabama, Colorado, LSU, Oregon, Penn State, Florida State, and Michigan. So obviously, um, you know, kind of a who's who in there in Michigan. I mean, that that's the kind of kid you got to get. <laughs> if you're Michigan and he's less than 30 minutes from your stadium's front door, you got to get yeah. that kid. You got to get that kid. Um, um, I'm, I'm just going to read this from the M live report, uh, that just came out, uh, about 40, 45 minutes ago. Uh, I think this is further confirmation of what we already knew. Michigan officials on Monday confirmed, uh, the receipt of the document, um, from the big 10, which is, uh, basically a document that was the next step, uh, for disciplinary action. Um, and it was required by the Big Ten to be able to you know, to have to send that document. And now Michigan has an opportunity to respond to that document and and what the plan is. And so, again, nothing nothing concrete is happening. It's it's basically what we talked about earlier. The Big Ten yeah. has every intention of handing down some sort of punishment, and Michigan is going to push back against it. So we'll we'll see what it uh, what it amounts to. I just can't imagine any scenario where Jim Harbaugh is not coaching on the sideline this weekend, not coaching for Maryland and not coaching for Ohio state. And he's going to be there for the remainder of the season. And I think Michigan's going to make damn sure that that happens. And thank goodness uh, president Ono is, is in the building and in Ann Arbor, because I think he's a big part of, you know, changing the the mindset around Michigan that we need to rally around this team. We need to rally around this coach and make sure that they have the support that they need. Yeah, no doubt about it. And this is from seven hours ago. I don't know how I didn't see it. Michigan is the uh, the betting favorite to win the national title per FanDuel. That's uh, as they should be. That's as that's pretty big. Be. They're plus two thirty. Georgia plus two fifty, and then a pretty big drop off. Florida State actually third at plus six hundred. Then Ohio State, Bama, Oregon, Washington, Texas, Penn State, and uh, Louisville. Interestingly enough. All right, so. Yeah. Anyway, there you have it. We are at an hour. I thought this would probably happen. I think what we should do and what would make a lot of sense is Wednesday, we shift burning questions to Wednesday. We'll also do fan-led, and we'll you know, continue to talk about anything else that we need to talk about with this stuff. Um, Chris, before we go, do you think we will have another noteworthy development in this in this deal? Based on what happened today, based on the word... I mean, you just read a pretty specific yeah i don't know i don't know about time did it mention a timeline i mean you had some pretty specific details but did it have a timeline i think there wasn't a timeline i think we will know exactly what the big 10 is is doing and possibly have a statement from the big 10 as far as what the punishment is going to be and then we're going to have to see how michigan responds but i think by the time we hop on here on wednesday we're going to know like if 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 the punishment is to attempt to suspend Jim Harbaugh um you know for two games which has been reported for the sportsmanship thing um uh, possibly three games I don't know but I think we'll know what the Big 10 is intending by Wednesday and I'm sure that uh that's going to take up uh, a sizable portion of the show I know we did not do TFG we but we talked about this a little bit before yeah. um you know <sighs> I go back and forth on Connor Stallions. I thought he was going to be TFG for a while because he just, you know, his his conduct put us in this place. 
Um, there's a part of me that wants to go to Ward Manual because I'm mm. I'm pretty uh, I'm pretty pretty frustrated uh, just as a fan, as somebody who's a fan of the program that we haven't heard more from him. Um, could, could go with Ryan Walters. He's he's could go right with Ryan there. Walters could go with yeah. Pete Thamel. Yep. Could go with Matt Rule. Um, uh, there's no doubt. Um, I think for <laughs> now, I think for now, I'm gonna settle on Connor Stallions because yeah, at the end of the day, his conduct is why we are where we're at right now and why all of this is happening. And he may have done it. I have no doubt. Especially for any of you, look, Whoa. I didn't put it on the Facebook page, but for any of you, uh, Bobby, it's, it's, it's this fucking guy, um, it's basically, I'll, you can be good or you can be bad, but it's, you know, it's, it's, it's who we find to be the most notable for that week in a good way or a bad way. Um, it's sure it could be Ryan day as well. Um, but what I was saying about Connor stallions is I'm not sure. If any of you out there, I didn't put it on the Facebook page, but if, if you're on Twitter and you're on Instagram, there's a good chance you've seen the video of Connor Stallions before he was officially part of the program as just a super fan on his couch watching watching Michigan football presumably win a big game. I'm not sure what <laughs> game it was, but w- watch that video and you'll get an understanding of how much Connor Stallions cared about the Michigan football program. So when I label him as TFG, I also do that with, with saying – I fully believe that everything he was doing, he was trying to do it in the best interest of the University of Michigan. But, you know, he, he certainly crossed the line and put Michigan in a tough spot. And and for that reason, uh, he's my TFG of the week. Yeah, I mean, he's. it's going to be hard to unseat did that you dude. yawn on a live? I did. I did. Oh, my God. I think I was about ready to pack it in, and then we're, we're still talking. So I just my brain was like, bro, it's, you know. No, uh, I I find it. I don't know how you're going to unseat him for a little while. I mean, to be, you know, it's like, well, but you know, if King you of the look Mountain. at the comments, if you look at the comments, there's, I mean, fuck, there's people that want to build a statue for Listen, Connor Stapp. I don't, I don't care. I'm just saying it's not unanimous. I, I, I refer to it a lot. I remember how I was received when I was over Jim Harbaugh after he hadn't won Dick. How you're still pe- received people. Well, I don't think so. Cause now I'm talking, it's just, I'm just talking about what's happening. That's all I ever did. So yeah. when he was oh for the world against Ohio state, never sniffed a big 10 title and wasn't winning meaningful games. I was pretty over it. I'm just saying, I, I feel like on Twitter, you've never quite r- recovered from being well, that guy. I think the perception is still out there that you're that guy. Well, there's some, there's some that, you know, you, you, you could look outside and be like, oh, the sky's pretty today. And they'd be like, dumbass. No, it's not like you, you're just never, you're never going to get away from those, those people. Um, those but people, those people, but no, I, uh, <laughs> I've said it. I've said the same joke. Like there's a faction of the fan base that could watch Harbaugh stallions, Partridge, Sharon Moore, Minter, just mm-hmm. murder puppies on the 50-yard line and still want to give them a lifetime contract because they coach for Michigan. I just don't usually try to associate with those folks that much. It bothers me. You know, every year Michigan's going 12-0. and 0, I'm like, oh, come on, man. Now I'm okay with it because it really looks like they're going to. But, you know, I, I don't know. I've just never – I've never been cut that way. Like, I want Michigan to win every game, but I can – I can say when I think they're not going to. 
There's some people that can't even utter those words. Yeah. You know, that's Connor Stans might be one of those people. That's that's the point I'm trying to make. That's fair. He was very invested in the football team. <laughs> very invested in the football team. Uh is there did somebody just make another nickelback mention? What did I yes. text you today, Chris? Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, for those who, you know, the the extremely huge, huge, huge concert coming to Detroit uh, next fall in September, Green Day. Uh, you got Smashing Pumpkins going to be part of the ticket, going to be opening for Green Day down at Comerica Park. I mean, we're already looking at getting our tickets, man. We're going to have to be down there for that. And, and, and lo and behold, to nobody's surprise, Nickelback did not get the invite. Big shocker there. But Green Day this, and this Smashing Pumpkins. I said a really big concert coming through. Green Day headlining. Opening act, Woo! Smashing Pumpkins. You know what? Nickelback opens for nobody. They for are nobody. the headliner, folks. It's hard, to, it's hard to open for somebody when you don't get the invite. What's, be <laughs> what's become so funny about this is that I've become like the de facto president of the – I don't you're even like – You're not the guy. No, 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 no. Don't backtrack now. Don't no backtrack back now, Brandon. You are head of the Nickelback fan club. I will put Nickelback on in the car. I went and saw them in concert when I was in Vegas. True. These are true statements. I could name 50 bands I like more than Nickelback. That's my point. You, you see the backtrack? It's the same <laughs> thing with the 15 miles an hour. It's there's, oh, no. you know, then he, pulled, then he pulled a quad, then he pulled a groin. Then he dislocated calf. his hip. Calf. Right calf. Still hot. <laughs> Who is that? Put that last one up there. That's just an appreciation one from Blue Heart. Have a good night. Appreciate the coverage in the podcast. During the work hours, I'm glad we can make work a little bit easier for you, Blue Heart. I appreciate you tuning in. I don't see Blue Heart. Where is it? It's it's down there. That's the name of the person? Well, it's, just, yeah, it's the title, yeah. It's, it's whatever they've listed. Oh, I would like to give them a shout out if you're asking for it. I don't see it. Well, Ricky, Ricky, Ricky. Oh, boy. All right. Take care, everybody. We will see you guys on Wednesday night. Bring your questions.